The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to the Delighted Customers Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Slayton, and I'm so glad you're here. I empower leaders to turn indifferent customers into loyal fans. I talk to guests with a wide range of expertise who share meaningful insights and wisdom. We give you practical tips and proven frameworks and share ways to help you delight your customers. I've been doing some research on what's most important to business leaders, and I've heard three major themes. Number one, their employees are burned out and feel overwhelmed. Number two, they're concerned about customer retention. And number three, they want to address customer friction, whether it's controllable or not, but they need actionable results. As a result, I've created the 120-day Quick Start a four-step program designed to go from current state assessment to specific strategies to get you actionable results in 120 days. If you want to make a quick impact, check out empoweredcx.com for more information. I'd love to talk to you. We need to speak the language of the other departments. We need really to take what for them is important. For the CFO, I don't want to be unpolite and I excuse myself with all the CFO listening with to, to your podcast, but they don't care about NPS or other metrics, customer effort core, score. They care about financials. I can't wait to talk to my guest today, Greg Uglioni, who is from Switzerland, all the way halfway around the world, um, originally from Italy, right on the Swiss-Italian border. Uh, welcome to the show, Greg. Hi, Max. Thank you very much for your time and for the invitation. I am really enjoying the discussion. We had a really great pre-discussion, and I'm really looking forward to discuss with you about customer experience and about my passions, soccer, football, uh, and, uh, and really looking for, forward to it. And I hope that your audience will enjoy our discussion. Well, well, thank you so much, Greg. You are an awesome person. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and hear a little bit about your journey um, in, in your career. But let me start by asking you, how did you end up in the world of customer experience? Oh, this is a, not so a fancy story. That's, that's reality. Um, as, you, as you mentioned at the beginning, I was working in a credit card company and uh, I did quite a lot of transformation uh, projects. And then at one point in time, the CEO came to me and said, we need your support in the customer service. And I said, to be honest, I don't know a lot about customer service, but if you need me there, why not? And uh, my journey in customer experience started with this question where I answered to this question, yes. 
And I'm super happy that I took this decision. And then I started working really in a great department, the operations department that at all uh, was responsible for all contacts with the customer, back office, contact center, and everything like that. And uh, the journey started. And uh, with my new boss there, we started thinking about what we can do good for our customers. And uh, it came out, okay, perhaps being a cost center, it's not the best way or it's not so great. And therefore, let's think about way of coming out. We had a trip um, also around the world, finding out what are the best practices, what we can do. And we came back with uh, some good ideas that we want to transform a cost center into a value center, customer centric, and uh, everything started from there. So that's that's really interesting. And I but by the way, I think I, I messed up on that. You, you we were talking about Italian food before we got on the air because that's one of my favorite kind of foods. And you tell me you do get to enjoy that. Your wife is one of the best cooks. Um, but actually you grew up in southern Switzerland, which is near the Italian border, right? Am I right? Right. Yes, that's correct. But you know, I think we are living in this outstanding world. And if it's left or right from a one border, it's not so important. I think that uh, we, that the more important is to what it's our mission, why we are there. And I think we are sharing this uh, similar values. If it's Switzerland, if it's Italy, I think we have similar values. And that's the, the most important thing. All right. So going back to what you had said right before that in, in, in value is you, you want to try to turn this from a, a cost center into a value center, right? So can you share with us a little bit about um, your journey along that path? Yes, uh, sure. I think for you and uh, a lot of uh, your audience is uh, quite clear. If you're a cost center, then you get measured about how many costs you have. In a contact center, <laughs> you have a lot of employees, a lot of people that cost money. And if you need to reduce costs, the first place where people are looking, uh, the board of directors is saying, okay, you have so many people in the company, let's cut 10%. And then uh, in a contact center, you have a big problem. And what we said, it's every employees, every contact center representative, is also creating value with these daily interactions with the customer. Let's start measuring in the simplest possible way how much value they are creating from a financial point of view. And then we started thinking about uh, we retain customer or we can cross-sell and we can sell products. Perhaps the call takes a bit longer, but with a cross-sell and an upsell that we can really write down and say, that's what was done by us, then you can start creating value. And if somebody come to you and say, uh, your costs are too, too high, you say, yes, our costs are quite high, but this is the value that we are creating. And you start with completely different discussion. And my boss at that time did really a, a really a smart and a really smart idea. He was not calculating by himself how much value we created but we went to the finance department and to the marketing department, and we agreed with them how to calculate the, uh, that. And therefore, it was extremely easy to have discussion with the CFO because he set the rules and he was involved from the beginning in creating this value center. And then when we said, okay, if you want to reduce people, it means we are going to generate less value. 
from a PNL point of view, we are going to lose so many customers, and so many customers means uh, this amount of um, assets or something like that. And therefore, it's we tried to change the game and we tried to change the discussion. And around that, we created a customer-centric culture and all this nice stuff that we are always discussing in the customer experience community. Yeah. And and um, that's that's a great story and it makes a lot of sense. And one of the gems that, that I like to pull out for my audience that when our guests say things that I think we need to just can't let can't them go by so quickly uh, because they're really important points is, um, this this idea of co- uh, connecting with the finance department, right? Um, because ultimately, you know, they're they're counting the pennies and they want to make sure that whatever the organization's spending money on or investing in, they're getting a return on. So you you brought in finance um, to put kind of put your heads together and understand how they would how they would ultimately measure things, right? Yes, uh, this is exactly what you are saying. I think this is one of the biggest learning that I had the pleasure to learn from the beginning. We need to speak the language of the other departments. We need really to, to take what for them is important. For the CFO, I don't want to be unpolite and I excuse myself with all the CFO listening with to, to your podcast, but they don't care about NPS or other metrics, customer effort core score, they care about financials. And therefore we need to find ways to translate everything what we are doing in their language is the finance language. And at the end, the CFO will never challenge the business case that was calculated by his team. And therefore that was our, was our idea. Let's calculate together. You, you set the standard, you decide what are the rules and all how to calculate that. But then we agree and it's not the continuous discussion. Yes, but you calculated the business case. It's wrong. We would calculate it in a different way. And then you can create these senior synergies and then you can really work and focus on helping customer instead of always um, fighting with the finance department, with the marketing department. But you create this team, this supportive team that helps you grow and grow in the right direction. Because at the end, what you can do in a contact center is interact with the customer. And if you spend a bit more time, then you can create value, uh, emotionally connect with the customers. And then you start with a completely different relationship. And then customer will stay longer with you. They will spread the word of mouth. They, they will buy more from your uh, wallet. And this is what we would like to do. Customer experience is not something fluffy about generic epic customer, but it's really focusing on getting new customer and retaining the existing one. And for us, what the big focus, not getting new customer, because that was the, the target of the marketing department, but to keeping them. Keep all the customer for sure, looking at profitability and all this stuff, investing more time with the more profitable customers. But if you retain customer, then you can really go. I want to I want to double click on what you just said. And in particular, um, this really what you said a little bit earlier, which was, um, you know, using the call center as a value center. And in particular, one of the words you used, you know, you just mentioned share of wallet and retention and so forth. One of the things that um, that would be a flag for me, like an orange flag or a red flag, would be um, companies that uh, when you call in about a service issue, they immediately try to upsell you, 
right? And and so um, that would be a fear that I would have from a CX standpoint, where you know the salespeople and the CFO probably excited about that. Someone's called in. We have a captive audience here. Um, so so were there ways that you prevented from having the the folks who called in for a service related issue feel like they were being you know sold to no um that's i think also something extremely important that you were saying you need to understand the customer and if the customer is really unhappy and he had a lot of disruption then it doesn't make sense to offer him an upgrade, a cross-sell, or a product update. Let him quiet, uh, calm down, getting some good experience, and then trying to upsell. We were not uh, driving everything to push upsell and cross-sell. And we had um, the first idea, let's say, of uh, data science, getting the information about the customer, mixing all this information, and understanding, does it make sense to offer a cross-sell and upsell? Or let's do something different. Because if, um, for example, an employee uh, didn't get this flag, you can upsell or cross-sell, but perhaps he got other information. Let's double-check if all the contact details are still are, are, are still correct. You know, financial services um, have lots of uh, rules and regulations to follow. And for example, one thing, it's always to have an updated home address. And then if you say, okay, in this data science team said, okay, for this customer, you need to double check the address. You can only ask, are you still living at the same place? Uh, what's the weather in, uh, in New York now? And then you can also relate with them. And you have this information that you need, but you find out a smart way to ask the question. And therefore, I fully agree to you. We were not uh, doing... Um, outbound calling out and trying to sell everything the focus were let's solve the issue and when we solve the issues then we can do something uh, from from there i think that's uh, to really super simplify that and the best uh, customer service re- representative at as should have two qualifications in it needs to be competent to solve the customer issues uh, the inquiry find solution and needs to be empathetic with the customer, understanding him. And if we give this uh, the opportunities to solve the customer issues and then to understand in which uh, status, emotional status the customer is, then you can think about. And we were never pushing our, our employees to, uh, you must sell, you need to sell and so on. But our employees, this was one of their tasks and we gave them the opportunity to think about and to improvise and say, okay, this is time to do that or no, I am not going, going to do that. Yeah. So you, you um, took a very human approach to it. Yeah. Yes, but I think this is what I am preaching also uh, with what I'm doing. It's not about business to business or uh, business to consumer. We are in a human to human environment. And if you don't, if you cannot create this relationship within a customer and an employee, if you don't have this trust level, then you will never sell something, even if the smallest thing, because if I don't trust you, then I will never buy from you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. Well, one one of the things um, you mentioned financial services, and I just want to dive into that a little bit more because I know that you spent something like 10 years working for a credit card company, and then now you're in working for a hospital there in Switzerland. Could you share with us, like, what are, what are some of the biggest differences between 
financial and healthcare? Um, I think these are two different industries. But at the end, what I said, it's there are human beings behind that. Mm. It's clear in a credit card company, the focus is the credit card uh, need to work. You want to use the credit card to pay, to get your transactions, you get your miles, your loyalty program, and then you can have your experiences with the credit card. Coming out from a credit card business, then you can start finding out, okay, at the end, really paying, it's not the best part of an experience. If you go uh, for vacation, if you go on a trip or to go to a restaurant, it's paying, it's always part of the experience, but it's, let's say, from a psychological point of view, a low level. Uh, and because you are giving money for something. And therefore, this is a type of experience. And for sure, being in an hospital and uh, really seeing and feeling what um, patients, why patients are there, what are their issues with what they are struggling, it's, it's different. But it's the same because it's about what we can do for them in a credit card business or in a hospital as a patient. Our vision, I am responsible for the business transformation in, in, in this uh, hospital in, in Switzerland. And there, our idea is really to simplify the life of our patient and of, of our employees. And we really try to have a human-centered focus because at the end, these are human beings that uh, struggles with something, uh, have problems, and we want to help them. And I think this, this is really key to make their life better. It's the same in a credit card company or in an hospital, but the reason why they are coming to us, they are interacting with us, it's a bit different. Yeah, well, thanks. So what I hear is really more similarities and differences when it comes to CX. Yes, and I think we can use and leverage a similar framework. As you're doing, for example, um, human-centered design in a credit card company, you can do exactly the same. You can leverage the same framework, the yeah. same way of working, yeah. but then the outcome, it's, it's different because you have different targets and these are completely different experiences. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, that's, that's really helpful to have someone who's been on both sides of it. Um, I'm, I'm going to pivot now into... An, a, an, an area that has to do with the visual that if you're listening on a podcast audio, you would miss this. So I'm going to try and describe the Greg. If you, if you haven't seen Greg before, um, Greg has behind him an image of a, and forgive me, Greg soccer field. So we're, we're about to start the, the national football league playoffs here in America. Um, and, uh, you know, they get ready for the, and they work their way toward the Super Bowl. Uh, but football means something very different in Europe, as you know, and uh, he's got behind him really a f that kind of football field and a hat that says CX goalkeeper. So uh, so I, what I'd like to do is, number one, tell us why you've got the CX goalkeeper and what lessons can we learn from football that apply to customer experience? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, yes. I decided to put my two passions together and one is customer experience. I hope that you feel that from the first part of the discussion and the, 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 the my other passion, it's, it's soccer for you Americans. For us, it, it's, it's, uh, it's football. It's the one played with the feet. <laughs> uh, that's then quite clear what we are speaking about. And I was also a goalkeeper and therefore CX goalkeeper. 
And, you know, uh, I really could sp start speaking about um, what the great things that Disney is doing and how Amazon is great and what are the best practices from Ritz Carlton. But I would be one more speaking about these great companies. And then I said, okay, I will try to differentiate myself from the others and try to find another way to explain why customer experience is, is so important. We always say customer experience is also extremely important to differentiate companies and find a way to stand out from the crowd, all these different opportunities. And I said, I put my two passions together. And therefore, for me, it's extremely simple to find example, to find ways to, 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 to explain that. And perhaps we can start, I can start sharing one, uh, one example. I think for most of the people, it's, it's clear that uh, sports in general, and in particular soccer or football, it's, it's the experience business. You're in a stadium, it's the theater. And if we start thinking about what um, Joe Pine wrote in his book, The Experience Economy, it's really uh, spending uh, time in a stadium is time well spent. We are paying a lot of money <laughs> to watch um, soccer, a soccer game um, or going to the stadium. And there, let's say we spend roughly 90 minutes and a ticket costs $90, something like that. If you compare that with other experiences, like going to a movie, that's roughly 40 cents, um, not 10 cents a minute. If we are going to the theater, it's a bit more. If we think about escape room, it's 40 to 50 cents for each minute. And therefore, we are spending a lot of money for this experience being there. Uh, what I shared with you is the money value of time. This is one of the theory that Joe Pine is sharing is in the latest version of, of the book, The Experience Economy. Sometimes I explain that with this value, um, money value of time, or we can we can agree that it's uh, it's it's really the exp experiences. And I often speak about fans. And my simplest example is fans like me. I'm a great uh, big soccer fan. I'm emotionally involved. If my if my preferred team lose a match, I find way. To, and I find excuses why they lost. And I said, the referee is, uh, is guilty or the other team was better, but I'm still spreading positive word of mouth after a bad experience. And uh, please don't share with the audience. And I hope that my wife is not listening to that, how much I spent for merchandise mm -hmm. and for going to the stadium and, and all, uh, all this important thing. And I'm always coming back. And now my example, what I want to share is, Think about companies, you have a bad experience with the company and you still continue coming back and you are still spreading positive word of mouth. I think every company is dreaming of having fans like soccer fans as customers. There you go. And it's, it's funny you mentioned that because um, my uh, tagline or my, my uh, line for my business, it's Empowered CX, but it's turning indifferent customers into loyal fans. And I, I chose the word fan in particular because it just what you said is they, you know, they they stay with you through thick and thin and they the, obviously the loyalty, but they they also, if they're a fan, they'll they'll want to tell their friends about the experience they had. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's that's uh, that's extremely important. And uh, 
I think we can we can learn a lot. Happy to to share some insights. Um, let me know, and uh, I start speaking. You need to stop me because <laughs> this is my passion. <laughs> well, I, I I know this this uh, idea of getting feedback. You know, if you think about if you can use a stadium uh, analogy again, tell t- tell us how that those two things come together. I think this is one great example. And um, I often try to link that with a business challenge that we often face as CX professional and working in this field and then coming back to soccer that perhaps for the people that are not so passionate for this sport can understand and empathize with what I'm saying. But we often feel, see and get feedback from um, our bosses coming back, oh, I was to a um, dinner and this guy told me about this tool. If we implement this tool, we can improve the NPS by 10 points or something like that. And this is something that we are often facing. We try to introduce a new technology. We try to, to do something different without listening to our customers. And now let's take this example, what I shared to a stadium. You are in a stadium and the teammates, the team players are the employees. They are there, they are playing the game and the stadium starts giving feedback. The fans, they can give positive feedback. Yes, go on, let's do that. Let's continue. Or they can share negative feedback because they are not happy. They are paying and therefore they can also share negative feedbacks. If the team is not delivering, it's not working proper and it's not playing properly, then they give negative feedback. Woo, uh, run more. You should do this. You should do that. And, and this is unfiltered direct feedback. Let's think about employees if they could get on their products on the design of the products that they are doing, or back to our contact center example, if they could get direct, unfiltered feedback from the customer without the boss or somebody from another department filtering, we share only this feedback, we share only that feedback. And this is one type of feedback. The second type of feedback that we can leverage and we can learn from, it's the teammates, the team is on the field and they give themselves also feedback. The guy next to you telling to you, pay attention, somebody's coming from the left or pay or give the ball to, the, to this guy or to that guy. And they can motivate themselves or they motivate themselves because they are on the pitch and they can speak together and they provide themselves feedback as they have specific target to win the game. They are really giving them feedback all together Again, unfiltered, real time, you did well, or the next time try this or try that, and it's working pretty well. The third type of feedback that we can leverage in business, we would name that the voice of the processes. In soccer, football, I name that the, the voice of the game. If your competitors in front of you, the old is in front of you, the other team, and you see that are they are really strong on the left side. Then you say, okay, the feedback of this game is we shouldn't try to go on the, on, on this side. We need to have a strong defense on this side. Let's try to go on the right side or on the middle, on something like that and leverage the feedback from the game. How is the ball is flowing and so on? You can start done trying to score goals from all the sides. And this is something that we should and we can really leverage in, uh, in business feedback from the fans, from the customer, the feedback from the employees, 
and the feedback from the processes. And if you start putting them together, I think you can really have a great mix of information to do the right thing for the customer and then the net promoter score or whatever um, key success, uh, key, um, key performance um, KPI that you are measuring will improve by himself without the need of this guy, this guy that I mentioned at the beginning, going from a dinner and coming back with a specific technology uh, saying you should implement this or that because then you have the real time feedback from the most important um, pieces in order to to progress. Does it make sense? Yeah, no, it, it does make sense. So the employees, right, the customers and the processes, understanding the processes um, in the in the journey mapping model, we use as a theatrical theme. You have, you know, backstage and you have on stage experience and that the backstage is often well the employees and the processes right does not the not by definition not the customers and then the on stage is customers and employees sometimes processes are, are part of that as well so yeah that that makes that makes perfect sense so staying with the soccer or the, sorry the football analogy um so how do you win a championship oh that's uh, that's a good question um uh, also there, perhaps starting for, for a business challenge. And the, the business challenge that we often face is a marketing department uh, goes live with a new product. And then uh, the contact center is struggling with all the calls that are coming in because uh, the project forgot to update the knowledge management. Or the other example is IT forgot uh, to upgrade lifecycle um, one tool and uh, the contact center agents or the department uh, cannot work because um, they are struggling and customers are calling in and they don't have the relevant information. And I think what uh, it's extremely relevant, if you want to win a championship, you need a strategy. And I see a lot of company that started defining this uh, customer experience strategy to simplify with few words is the to-be experience that you want to deliver to your customers with the metrics, with the personas and all this stuff, and then creating an architecture behind that. Because if you have your strategy, then you, you start defining your architecture. And again, uh, in, I named that uh, customer service architecture, but it works also for customer experience, the customer experience architecture that you have only one CRM tool, uh, customer relationship management tool, that you have only one knowledge management tool, that you have a clear overview of all the channels that you are offering to your customer. It's phone, it's chat, it's WhatsApp, it's I don't know which, which channels are available, there are a lot, but you need to have this clarity that if you start doing something, you changing something, you know what are the implications of on your complete landscape. If we speak from an IT point of view, all the system, if we speak from a business point of view, on your business capabilities, because a customer contacting a company should have exactly the same experience independent if he's calling to the phone, to writing a chat, writing an email, writing an old-fashioned letter or something like that. And having this overview, you know the to-be experience that you want to offer to the customer. And you have this, to use another name, this blueprint, how the experience is flowing through the different layers. 
the journeys, as you mentioned, the processes and the system that you have will help you really having a strategy and following a strategy. If you if you do like this, then you can start thinking about winning the championship. It's easy to win one match this uh, this Sunday and then in five weeks again. And in the meantime, you lose three because, um, for example, you started the game with um, five entries less because you forgot that some people were on vacation or something like that. And therefore, to win a championship, you need really a clear start strategy, a clear focus on what you're doing and how you're doing it. And only in this way, offering amazing experiences like winning a championship uh, need a clear strategy, a clear structure. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you um, and, and check in with you on anything, what's the best way for them to reach you? It's uh, LinkedIn, I'm very active. And if somebody would like to get additional information, it's cxgoalkeeper.com. There you can find web, my website. You will find all my contact details. Feel free to contact, to contact me and happy to share um, everything that I know about customer experience. I think it's really important that we help others understanding what customer experience really is and what, can, what we can achieve with customer experience. Excellent. Well, Greg, thank you so much for being an ambassador for CX. Uh, for holding down the fort there in Europe for us and uh, for being an advocate of football and sharing that interesting analogy between football and uh, your, uh, we call it soccer, football and customer experience. That was really fascinating. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Mark, thank you very much. I say thank you to you for being a great host and for your outstanding post podcast that you are creating. I know how difficult it is to, to grow, to start, but you are doing a great work. I wish you all the best and also to the audience. Thank you very much for, uh, for this time together. Excellent. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for listening to the Delighted Customers Podcast. I'd like to ask you a favor. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of my other ones, hit subscribe or follow. I've got a lot of other great guests that are coming up and a lot of other great content, and I don't want you to miss anything. You can find any links or references on the show in the show notes, and you can find those on my website at empoweredcx.com. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.